beautiful but deadly. Where the beauty of makeup meets the horror of true crime. With Chuck and Liz. <laughs> I almost forgot again. Every time you forget you gotta say your name. Oh my god. It do be like that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it do. Okay. Wow. So today, the trigger warnings are kidnapping, rape, and mental illness. Okay. Okay. So the sources will be linked as always. Uh, I hadn't previously heard of this case, but recently there was a 2020 episode about it. Uh, this episode is about the kidnapping of Denise Huskins. Mm. It'll be interesting. Denise Huskins was 29 years old in 2015. At the time, she was dating Aaron Quinn, who had recently gotten out of an engagement when she found out that he was still messaging his ex-fiance, asking her to get back together and all that jazz. Oof, was she like the other woman, or did they really just have oh, no. a breakup and then they broke found up. her? Like, she broke off the engagement is what it sounds like. Oh. And he still wanted to like be with her, but then he like moved on but and started dating really. Denise, but clearly not really because he yeah. was still texting her. Okay. Um... So Denise understandably needed to think about things, but ended up agreeing to talk things out to potentially get back together. So, yeah, she sure does. Run. Uh, So on March 23rd, 2015, she went to Aaron's house in Vallejo, California, where they discussed the relationship. And Denise told Aaron that he needs to give the relationship his all, and she brought him food for this meeting. I would just like to point that out. Oh, no, sweetie. She made some pizza and everything, and it's like... Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Run. Run. He's got you too wrapped around his finger. You've yeah. done nothing wrong, and you're making him food. I don't think they were dating that long either, so it's just kind of like... Move on. That was a lot. Um, okay, so that night, she sleeps over his place, and around 3 a.m., they are awoken by a masked intruder that was shining a flashlight, and it had, like, red laser dots. It looked like kind of like, you know, um, I'm like... Fuck, I can't think of the word now. A sniper? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Um, The intruders said that it was a robbery and that they weren't going to hurt them. It seemed like there were about three intruders in their room, and one of them had Denise tie Aaron's hands and feet with zip ties, and then had her walk to the bedroom closet. Okay, just like pro tip for anyone in this situation, if they're going through the effort of waking you up, tying you up, they're not just robbing you. Yes. Or else they would just rob your house. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't wake you. They wouldn't go through the effort. It... Makes it so much harder for them to wake you and go through that song. Yeah, versus just like being like quiet ninjas, going around stealing your shit and getting out of there. Yeah, being able to run before you even know what happened. Yeah. Um, so she said that she purposely didn't look at their faces because she didn't want to give them a reason to kill her. Um, they tied her up and helped Aaron to the closet. They could hear the intruders using drills and moving around downstairs before coming back upstairs. And put blackout swim goggles and headphones on them. Okay. So it was like swim goggles with duct tape wrapped around the lenses so you couldn't see out. Yet again, they're just robbing you. They're, they're not, not going to do going all that effort. shit. No, and no. they wouldn't come prepared with that shit. Uh, the headphones were giving them instructions about how they were going to be given a sedative uh, to take. But the recording called Aaron by name. Oh, fuck that. No, no, yep. no. They're here to kill you or some shit. No. The intruders knew the layout of the house and moved Denise to the room where they kept the router, so like mm-hmm. another room from their bedroom. They asked Denise and Aaron for their financial information and threatened to cut the other if they thought they were lying. But then the intruder says, they have a problem. They didn't come for Denise and Aaron. They were there for Aaron and his ex-fiance. <gasps> but they assumed that Denise was the fiance because they look a lot alike. Sir, yep. sirs, what? Yep. What? Not even all she this? She looks like his ex-fiance. Not even a little ID check. Like, hey, who are you? God. They left the room to discuss, and when they came back, they said that they were going to take Denise for 48 hours, and Aaron was going to have to complete a series of tasks. Aaron was moved downstairs to the couch, and the intruders had set up a perimeter and a camera that told him to stay within the perimeter so they could watch him. So they had like red tape on the ground. This is some saw shit. This is right? I really don't think this is just a robbery. All right. No, 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 no. They know them. They want to fuck with them. It's a lot. He asked for a blanket because he was cold. And the intruder apologized and gave him a blanket so that he didn't realize how cold it was because he and the other intruders were wearing wetsuits. Oh, wetsuits? Wetsuits. Think about it. You're completely covered. Even your head. Only your face is out. So you Fair. can't leave DNA. 
fair. fair. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like, that's pretty genius. Yeah, that's not the part I'm hung up on. Okay. Giving him a blanket. Yeah, he's like, oh, sorry. I didn't realize it was like cold. You're, yeah. about to, you're trying to rob this man literally blind. <laughs> and you're like, oh, sorry, little baby. Sorry. Let me get you a blanket. Yeah, we'll get to the fact that this person was mentally ill. Um, so he told Aaron that he had to call in sick to work in the morning and text Denise's boss from her phone. Then at some point, he would have to go to the bank and withdraw whatever amount of money they asked for. They also instructed him to keep the phone line open. Denise is picked up and put into the trunk of Aaron's car. At this point, Aaron has heard his car leaving, so he slipped the goggles off using like the side of the couch and saw that it was exactly 5 a.m. But because of the sedative, he ended up passing out until his alarm went off. Um, at that point, he wiggled his hands free called out of work, and texted Denise's boss, and then passed out again until about 11.30. Okay, why didn't they just text from her phone? The intruders? Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't say boss in the phone. Only Aaron would know who her boss is, probably. And it's probably just easier to, like... um, And, like, Aaron would probably more know how to text, like, Denise. Okay. That's my thinking. Uh, he got texts from the intruders saying how much money they wanted, but when uh, he answered them, he didn't. They didn't text him back, so he started panicking. Um, so he decided to call his brother, who's an FBI agent. His brother told him they always say they're gonna like track you, see what you're doing, but it's a bluff, and he needs to call nine one one. They literally had a camera, <laughs> but okay, fine. He was so worried about calling because he obviously didn't want Denise to be killed. So, but he calls the police. They come. And who do they hone in on? Aaron. This poor bitch. What the fuck? The second they came in, they ripped the camera out of the wall. So Aaron thinks that, like, you know, they're watching him. Mm -hmm. So he's just seeing it fall apart all around him. Oh, no, that poor bastard. The police think that Aaron killed her and made up this whole story. Detective Matt Mustard, what a name that is, even starts, like, kind of making fun of him and saying, Frogmen didn't take her, you know, because they weren't wearing wetsuits, and saying that they know he did it, you know, whatever. Aaron admitted it sounded crazy. It sounded like a movie. And Mustard also said he should just tell him the truth because that's what he wants, but said, you know, if you don't give me the truth, I'm going to be sitting here thinking, how can I make you look like the monster? Pardon me, Colonel Mustard? Yup. There was a very small amount of blood on the bed. He has her phone and his car is missing. So in their eyes, he did it and they never investigated anyone else. You gotta be fucking kidding me. And of course, since he didn't know any better, he agreed to take a polygraph, which he failed miserably. Yep. Why didn't he get a lawyer? Why didn't he talk to his oh, brother? Oh, it takes him so long to ask for a lawyer. Basically, after the polygraph, when the FBI agents in there be like, you failed miserably. We know you did it. And he goes, like, I guess I need a lawyer. Never take a polygraph and get a lawyer nope. as soon as possible. ASAP. The second they bring you nothing. in, first of all, always ask, am I under arrest? Because if you're not, you, you can know. leave. But if you are under arrest, the second you're there, ask for a lawyer. You do not say a fucking word. You make it absolutely like they need to know. I am not talking until I get a lawyer. Because if you are not like, how do I say this? Stern. Stern. And you don't say, I am not talking until I get a lawyer. They'll try and like keep talking to you and like whatever. Even if it's under the guise of like, we're just like talking. Like, how are you? What did yeah, you do no. today? You say fucking Nothing. nothing. Um, so at this point, the cops think Denise is dead. So when Denise's parents show up after they called in, you know, her parents, Mustard told them to expect the worst and basically told them she's dead. What the fuck? They have no body. Yep. Also, how can you just say that to a family with nothing? Expect the worst, she's dead. (laughs) There's not a large amount of blood. They haven't found like a fucking foot or anything. Nope. There's no body. Nope. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate what? that mustard. He's a fucking idiot. What? Just wait. So then the kidnapper calls the media with proof of life. It's a recording of Denise, and she's talking about, like, what happened that day. I guess there was, like, a plane crash or something. So she's talking about that. So they know she's alive. What'd that dumb motherfucker mustard say? 
just wait. When Aaron finally gets his phone back, because they had to let him go once he got his lawyer. Yeah, because he didn't do anything. Yeah. Since he you know, wasn't under arrest or anything, let him go. He realizes his phone was on airplane mode the whole time. So he oh, wasn't no. getting the messages from the kidnappers. Oh, my so God. So all of a sudden, he takes off airplane mode, and all these messages start popping up from the kidnappers. So that means that the cops weren't getting the text either. They must have put it on airplane mode. Yep. The cops asked Denise's parents at this point if anything bad had ever happened to Denise. That's <laughs> such a broad question. Oh, just wait. At this point, it seemed like they thought the kidnapping was staged. Oh, my God. Yes. And she admitted, the mom, that Denise had been molested as a little girl. So Mustard's theory. You ready for oh, this? No, I'm not, actually. Was that Denise wanted to relive the thrill of being molested. And maybe that's what's happening. Okay, for you. Like that sounds like bullshit. Yeah, he now denies that he made that statement. Oh fuck off, mustard! Are you kidding me? Yeah. So after this, they shifted to it's definitely being like a hoax. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Well, guess who showed up in her parents' neighborhood two days later? Hmm, I have a wild guess, Denise. But then instead of acknowledging that they were wrong, guess who becomes the real life Gone Girl? Denise. Yep. On March 25th, 2015, she showed up in Huntington Beach, California, which was like a couple hours, I think, from Vallejo. Okay. Uh, all of the media was saying that she's the real gone girl. Uh, she was able to get to her parents' house because he dropped her off like right down the street from her parents' house. But they weren't in California. Like, they were in Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. They were in Vallejo. Also, here's the thing. In Gone Girl, she frames the husband and no one else. Um, she didn't frame the husband. The police nope. were just inept and decided exactly. it was the husband. Yep. Um, so she's able to get to her parents' house as like because it was walking distance. So when she gets there, she sees the neighbor because her parents aren't home. They're not answering the door, and so she uses their cell phone to call her parents. But the dad doesn't answer, so she leaves a voicemail. And then once he gets the voicemail, he called Huntington Beach Police to go pick her up. So she talked to the police. But it was kind of very clear that, like, they probably weren't believing her. Yeah. So she chose to admit that she had been raped by the intruder. Yeah. It didn't help either that the intruders had brought her overnight back with them. Because she was staying at Aaron's house. So they were her bags right there. So they took her bags. So it just looked like she left on her own accord. Her cousin, who was an attorney, showed up at the house. Um, which put her, like, a little more ease. She told them that she had been in the trunk for hours and kept being given a sedative. Detective Mustard told Nick, which is her cousin, that he would give immunity to whoever would talk first because he was convinced convinced it was a hoax. He now denies making that statement. Did they ever do any drug tests on Denise or the boyfriend? You know, I didn't see anything about that. They didn't I, I'm mention not shocked because they probably didn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, I also don't know how long it stays in your system. I'm not sure. Um, so then in comes Lieutenant Kenny Park. Of the Vallejo Police Department. Kenny, come on. He would also make media statements about it being a hoax. And claiming that Denise wasn't cooperating. Here's the shit. She had just been released from the intruder. And was put on a plane to go back to Vallejo. So when they're saying she's not cooperating. It was because they had a plane for her. And they chose to take a different plane. Because like, if she gets on the plane with them. She's going to be with the cops. Who are just going to sit there and try and interrogate her. Yeah. Um, so my favorite thing is them saying upon further investigation, they can substantiate Aaron's claims. What investigation? Yeah. Because you can do fucking shit. They say that by doing this hoax, you know, Aaron and Denise uh, wasted resources for nothing. Yep. Here, here's the thing. What's the motive? What and would be the motive? All before they even spoke to Denise. What would be the motive to fake something like this? What? So she gets to her lawyer's office after her flight, and that's when she found out about the press conference where he said that it was a hoax. So Denise is a tough bitch, by the way. She said no matter what, she's not going to beg for her life when she was, like, uh, kidnapped. Yeah. She was like, I'm not going to beg for my life. She's just going to be grateful for the life that she had. Dang. I was like, fuck, I can't imagine being in that headspace. 
Um, so come to find out, remember how I said she didn't tell the detective she was raped? Yeah. She told her lawyer that there were two things the kidnapper told her not to tell them. And that was that he was in the Marines Mm -hmm. previously and that she had been raped. Since he didn't intend to take Denise, they had no blackmail material on her. Oh my God. So that's why they raped her on video. Oh. Yeah. To release it if she didn't cooperate. Please tell me she did a rape kit. Honestly, I don't know. Hold on, wait. Oh, we'll get there. Don't worry. I talk about that. She even told him that she had been molested as a child, hoping to get some kind of empathy from him. No. No. He raped her twice. The first time he said it didn't look believable enough that it was consensual. So the second time she had to act like she was enjoying it. What? Yep. So while she was at her uh, defense attorney's office at 10 p.m., he's trying to get a rape kit done on Denise. And the cops were like, oh, we want to talk to her first. And he was like, okay, but your evidence is going to dissipate and you're going to lose the evidence. They said, oh, just have her sleep in her clothes and tell her to shower, not to shower. That's not how that works. That's that, fucked up, too. You spit. And that's also not how that fucking works. But that's also fucked up. You can tell her, oh, just don't change your clothes and don't shower. After she's been kidnapped for two and days. raped. Yeah. Stay in the clothes you were raped in. They can fuck right off. Oh, and again, they deny this happened. Oh, fuck's sake. So she goes in and is interrogated for two days. They spoke to her like a suspect, according to her lawyer. I'm not shocked. She had to keep going through her assault over and over again. And they kept saying, are you sure? Because they had an FBI agent in there. And it's a crime to lie to an FBI agent. And she could be charged. Okay. Yep. They can Are you sure? Are you sure? Because it's a crime to lie to an FBI agent. Yeah, she's fucking sure, asshole. And it's almost like it, I don't know, happened to her? Yeah. So then, the kidnapper ends up talking to the media again because he wanted credit. They attached photos of where Denise was kept. It would end up being like a, it looked like a squirt gun that had the red light attached to it on the side. Mm-hmm. They called themselves Ocean's Eleven Gentleman Criminals. Did they not watch the movies? They just did bank robberies. But this didn't even vindicate Denise. After this, in June of 15, there was a break-in in Dublin, California. The couple reports seeing a red laser light. The husband fought back, though, while the wife called 911. Uh, the intruder ended up fleeing after hitting the husband over the head with a mag light. So for those who don't know, it's like the giant um, flashlights that police carry a lot of the time. They're fucking heavy. You could take it on an elephant with that shit. They're fucking heavy, yeah. The kidnapper left a cell phone behind, though. And it comes back to a woman in California, and she says it's her son's. You're using your mommy's phone to do robbery. Yeah. His name is Matthew Muller, and he was in the military. But wait, but wait. Here's the thing. (laughs) He was just staging this. Yeah, he's also part of the hoax. Uh, He actually graduated from Harvard Law School. And he started doing this. Yeah, but he ended up separating from his wife, and it seems like that's where the downfall started. Yeah, and it seems like he has, like, a lot of mental illness and, like, stuff like that. Uh, So a detective that I would like to give praise to, though, is Misty Caruso. She had heard about Denise and saw the statements from Vallejo about it being a hoax. She was one day away from being a detective when she was invited by the PD to serve a search warrant to Matthew Muller. Misty got a creepy feeling and saw a lot of ski masks, stun guns, laptops, cell phones. They found one stuffed between the mattress and the bed. He was driving a stolen car that had a bag with zip ties, duct tape, a blow-up doll, which was weird, a laser pointer, ski goggles that were blacked out, and one had a blonde hair strand attached. Denise was blonde. I just want to say, of course, it was a woman that finally fucking believed Denise. Yep. Of course it was a woman. It always has to be. And the attack in Dublin, the victims didn't have blonde hair. So Misty had enough evidence to complete her case from Dublin, and she could have stopped there. But she chose to proceed because she knew in her gut that it wasn't the first time he had done this. Hell yeah, Misty. She just had to figure out where it happened. She googled Denise's case and saw the lieutenant say that it's a hoax, and she thought it was beyond crazy, but she called them. Couldn't get a call back, but when she finally gets through, they say that she has talked to the FBI. So she calls them and says, hey, I have a suspect that may be of interest for you for the case you called a hoax. And of course, they're like, it wasn't us that called it a hoax. It was the Vallejo PD. 
uh, one Vallejo cop and two FBI agents came to look at the evidence. So three months later, they want to talk to Denise again. Turns out they found Aaron's laptop at Matthew's house. What? That's crazy. They also found the address where she was dropped off and his GPS. Here's the thing. If they just did their fucking job, this man is an idiot. They could have been like It could have been done months ago. They all, uh, hold on. So they caught Matt and he was charged for kidnapping. But Denise and Aaron said uh, there were multiple people that night. So there's potentially people getting away with it. Um, when the ins- oh, when the indictment is unsealed, Lieutenant Kenny is never seen again. They have Captain Whitney talk to the media. He says they stand by what they said about it being a hoax, but they're continuing to investigate. Excuse me? They'll evaluate when it's complete if they need to give an apology. So Denise and Aaron uh, ended up suing them. Good. And they sent them an apology in private. Of course, never never in public. No, because they're private online. Um, but they ended up winning $2.5 million in the lawsuit. Good. And Denise and Aaron are married now. Why is it so hard for people to just, I don't know, believe people? Right? Like, it is your job to investigate. Let's say you do think it is a hoax. With every step you take to investigate, it is just going to prove your case further yep. that it is a hoax. And if it doesn't, and it's not a hoax, then you could be saving a woman. Yep. That's a win-win. You think they fucking care? Let me, I, <laughs> maybe I'm speaking, you know, out of line here, but I feel like you don't have much better to fucking do than investigate a kidnapping case. Yep. Nope. No, it's a hoax. Make sure. Like, I'm pretty sure that's worth the paperwork. Like, if you saw the interrogation with uh, Colonel Mustard there and Aaron, oh, you would have fucking lost these it. Hands. You should watch that, that like, episode of 2020 because it was pretty good. Like, I, why, why, why is it that every case we talk about. You can just end it there. Why? Just why? Why is it every case we talk about <laughs> either the family's fucked up or the police are incompetent? Or both. Or both. Like, oh my fucking God. These fucking idiots. Yeah, it was a lot. It goes back like, to, like, if we don't do our jobs, we get in fucking trouble. Did they get yeah. in trouble for not doing their fucking job? No. No. So, yeah. Uh, they literally had a camera. <laughs> but, okay, fine. He was so worried about calling because he obviously didn't want Denise to be killed. So, but he calls the police. They come. And who do they hone in on? Aaron. This poor bitch. What the fuck? The second they came in, they ripped the camera out of the wall. So Aaron thinks that, like, you know, they're watching him. Mm-hmm. So he's just seeing it fall apart all around yes. him. Oh, no, that poor bastard. The police think that Aaron killed her and made up this whole story. Detective Matt Mustard, what a name that is, even starts, like, kind of making fun of him and saying, Frogman didn't take her, you know, because they weren't wearing wetsuits. And saying that they know he did it, you know, whatever. Aaron admitted it sounded crazy. It sounded like a movie. And Mustard also said he should just tell him the truth because that's what he wants. But said, you know, if you don't give me the truth, I'm going to be sitting here thinking, how can I make you look like the monster? Pardon me, Colonel Mustard? Yup. There was a very small amount of blood on the bed. He has her phone and his car is missing. So in their eyes, he did it and they never investigated anyone else. You gotta be fucking kidding me. And of course, since he didn't know any better, he agreed to take a polygraph, which he failed miserably. Beautiful but deadly. Where the beauty of makeup meets the horror of true crime. With Chuck and Liz. <laughs> I almost forgot again. Every time you forget you gotta say your name. Oh my god. I guess it do. Denise Huskins was 29 years old in 2015. At the time, she was dating Aaron Quinn, who had recently gotten out of an engagement when she found out that he was still messaging his ex-fiance, asking her to get back together and all that jazz. Oof, was she like the other woman, or did they really just have to break up and then broke up? Like she broke off the engagement, is what it sounds like. And he still wanted to like be with her. Then he like moved on but and started dating really. Denise, but clearly not really because he was yeah. still texting her. Okay. Um, so Denise understandably needed to think about things, but ended up agreeing to talk things out to potentially get back together. Okay. So yeah, she sure does. Run. 
so on March 23rd, 2015, she went to Aaron's house in Vallejo, California, where they discussed the relationship. And Denise told Aaron that he needs to give the relationship his all, and she brought him food for this meeting. I would just like to point that out. Oh, no, sweetie. She made some pizza sweetie. and everything, and it's like... Bad. Bad, bad, bad. <sighs> Run. Run. He's got you too wrapped around his finger. You've yeah. done nothing wrong, and you're making him food. I don't think they were dating that long either, so it's just kind of like... Move on. That was a lot. Um, okay, so that night, she sleeps over his place, and around 3 a.m., they are awoken by a masked intruder that was shining a flashlight, and it had, like, red laser dots. It looked like kind of like, you know, um, I'm like, fuck, I can't think of the word now. A sniper? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Um, the intruder said that it was a robbery and that they weren't going to hurt them. It seemed like there were about three intruders in their room, and one of them had Denise tie Aaron's hands and feet with zip ties, and then had her walk to the bedroom closet. Okay. Just, like, pro tip for anyone in this situation. If they're going through the effort of waking you up, tying you up, they're not just robbing you. Yes. Or else they would just rob your house. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't wake you. They wouldn't go through the effort. It makes it so much harder for them to wake you and go through that Yeah, versus just, like, being, like, quiet ninjas, going around stealing your shit and getting out of there. Yeah, being able to run before you even know what happened. Yeah. Um, so she said that she purposely didn't look at their faces because she didn't want to give them a reason to kill her. Um, they tied her up and helped Aaron to the closet. They could hear the intruders using drills and moving around downstairs before coming back upstairs and put blackout swim goggles and headphones on them. Okay. So it was like swim goggles with duct tape wrapped around the lenses so you couldn't see out. Yet again, they're just robbing you. They're, they're not, not going to do all that effort. shit. No, and no. they wouldn't come prepared with that shit. Uh, the headphones were giving them instructions about how they were going to be given a sedative uh, to take, but the recording called Aaron by name. Oh, fuck that. No, no, yep. no, they're here to kill you or some shit. No. The intruders knew the layout of the house and moved Denise to the room where they kept the router, so like mm-hmm. another room from their bedroom. They asked Denise and Aaron for their financial information and threatened to cut the other if they thought they were lying. But then the intruder says, they have a problem. They didn't come for Denise and Aaron. They were there for Aaron and his ex fiance. <gasps> but they assumed that Denise was the fiance because they look a lot alike. Sir. Yep. Sirs. What? Yep. What? Not even all She looks this? like his ex fiance. Not even a little ID check. Like, hey, who are you? <sighs> They left the room to discuss, and when they came back, they said that they were going to take Denise for 48 hours, and Aaron was going to have to complete a series of tasks. Aaron was moved downstairs to the couch, and the intruders had set up a perimeter and a camera that told him to stay within the perimeter so they could watch him. So they had, like, red tape on the ground. This is some saw shit. This is personal. I really don't think this is just a robbery. All right, no. No, no, no. They know them. They want to fuck with them. It's a lot. He asked for a blanket because he was cold and the intruder apologized and gave him a blanket so that he didn't realize how cold it was because he and the other intruders were wearing wetsuits. Wetsuits? Wetsuits. Think about it. You're completely covered. Even your head. Only your face is out so you can't leave DNA. Fair. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like that's pretty genius. Yeah, that's not the part I'm hung up on. Giving him a blanket? Yeah, he's like, oh, sorry. I didn't realize it was like cold. You're yeah. about to, you're trying to rob this man literally blind. <laughs> and you're like, oh, sorry, will baby. Sorry. Let me get you a blankie. Yeah, we'll get to the fact that this person was mentally ill. Um, so he told Aaron that he had to call in sick to work in the morning and text Denise's boss from her phone. Then at some point, he would have to go to the bank and withdraw whatever amount of money they asked for. They also instructed him to keep the phone line open. Denise is picked up and put into the trunk of Aaron's car. At this point, Aaron has heard his car leaving, so he slipped the goggles off using like the side of the couch and saw that it was exactly 5 a.m. But because of the sedative, he ended up passing out until his alarm went off. Um, at that point, he wiggled his hands free, called out of work, and texted Denise's boss, and then passed out again until about 11.30. Okay, why didn't they just text from her phone? Like, the intruders? Did, yeah. I mean, it probably wouldn't say boss in the phone. Only Aaron would know who her boss is, probably. And it's probably just easier to, like... And, like, Aaron would probably more know how to text, like, Denise. Okay. That's my thinking. Uh, He got texts from the intruders saying how much money they wanted. But when uh, he answered them, they didn't text him back. So he started panicking. Um, So he decided to call his brother, who's an FBI agent. Yep. 
Why didn't he get a lawyer? Why didn't he talk to his oh, brother? Oh, it takes him so long to ask for a lawyer. Basically, after the polygraph, when the FBI agents in there be like, you failed miserably. We know you did it. And he goes, like, I guess I need a lawyer. Never take a polygraph and get a lawyer nope. as soon as possible. ASAP. The second they bring you nothing. in, first of all, always ask, am I under arrest? Because if you're not, you, you can know. leave. But if you are under arrest, the second you're there, ask for a lawyer. You do not say a fucking word. You make it absolutely like they need to know. I am not talking until I get a lawyer. Because if you are not like, how do I say this? Stern. Stern. And you don't say, I am not talking until I get a lawyer. They'll try and like keep talking to you and like whatever. Even if it's under the guise of like, we're just like talking. Like, how are you? What did yeah, you do no. today? You say fucking nothing. nothing. So at this point, the cops think Denise is dead. So when Denise's parents show up after they called in, you know, her parents, Mustard told them to expect the worst and basically told them she's dead. What the fuck? They have no body. Yep. Also, how can you just say that to a family with nothing? Expect the worst, she's dead. Nothing. (laughs) There's not a large amount of blood. They haven't found like a fucking foot or anything. Nope. There's no body. Nope. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate that Mustard. He's a fucking idiot. Just wait. So then the kidnapper calls the media with proof of life. It's a recording of Denise. And she's talking about like what happened that day. I guess there was like a plane crash or something. So she's talking about that. So they know she's alive. What did that dumb motherfucker Mustard say? <sighs> Just wait. When Aaron finally gets his phone back. Because they had to let him go once he got his lawyer. Yeah, because he didn't do anything. Yeah. Since he you know, wasn't under arrest and everything, let him go. He realizes his phone was on airplane mode the whole time. So he oh, wasn't no. getting the messages from the kidnappers. Oh, my so God. So all of a sudden, he takes off airplane mode. And all these messages start popping up from the kidnappers. So that means that the cops weren't getting the text either. They must have put it on airplane mode. Yep. The cops asked Denise's parents at this point if anything bad had ever happened to Denise. <laughs> broad question oh just wait at this point it seemed like they thought the kidnapping was staged oh my god yes and she admitted the mom that denise had been molested as a little girl so mustard's theory you ready for this no i'm not actually was that denise wanted to relive the thrill of being molested and maybe that's what's happening okay for you like that sounds like bullshit yeah he now denies that he made that statement oh fuck (sighs) off mustard are you kidding me yep so after this, they shifted to it's definitely being like a hoax. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Well, guess who showed up in her parents' neighborhood two days later? Hmm, I have a wild guess. Denise. But then instead of acknowledging that they were wrong, guess who becomes the real-life gone girl? Denise. Yep. On March 25th, 2015, she showed up in Huntington Beach, California, which was like a couple hours, I think, from Vallejo. Okay. Uh, all of the media was saying that she's the real gone girl. Uh, she was able to get to her parents' house because he dropped her off like right down the street from her parents' house. But they weren't in Cal- like they were in Huntington Beach. Mm-hmm. They were in Vallejo. Also, here's the thing: in Gone Girl, she frames the husband, no one else. Um, she didn't frame the husband. The police nope. were just inept and decided exactly. it was the husband. Yep. Um, so she's able to get to her parents' house as like because it was walking distance. So when she gets there, she sees the neighbor because her parents aren't home. They're not answering the door. And so she uses their cell phone to call her parents. But the dad doesn't answer. So she leaves a voicemail. And then once he gets the voicemail, he called Huntington Beach Police to go pick her up. So she talked to the police. But it was kind of very clear that, like, they probably weren't believing her. Yeah. So she chose to admit that she had been raped by the intruder. Yeah. It didn't help either that the intruders had brought her overnight back with them. Because she was staying at Aaron's house. So they took her bags right there. So they took her bags. So it just looked like she left on her own accord. Her cousin, who was an attorney, showed up at the house. um, Which put her, like, a little more ease. She told them that she had been in the trunk for hours and kept being given a sedative. Detective Mustard told Nick, which is her cousin... That he would give immunity to whoever would talk first because he was convinced convinced it was a hoax. He now denies making that statement. Did they ever do any drug tests on Denise or the boyfriend? You know, I didn't see anything about that. They I, didn't I'm mention not it. I'm shocked because they probably didn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, I also don't know how long it stays in your system. I'm not sure. 
Um, so then in comes Lieutenant Kenny Park of the Vallejo Police Department. Kenny, come on. He would also make media statements about it being a hoax and claiming Kenny. that Denise wasn't cooperating. Here's the shit. She had just been released from the intruder and was put on a plane to go back to Vallejo. So when they're saying she's not cooperating, it was because they had a plane for her and they chose to take a different plane because, like, if she gets on the plane with them, she's going to be with the cops who are just going to sit there and try and interrogate her. Yeah. Um, so my favorite thing is them saying upon further investigation, they couldn't substantiate Aaron's claims. What investigation? Yeah. Because you didn't do fucking shit. They say that by doing this hoax, you know, Aaron and Denise uh, wasted resources for nothing. Yep. Here, here's the thing. What's the motive? What and would be the motive? All before they even spoke to Denise. What would be the motive to fake something like this? Yep. What? So she gets to her lawyer's office after her flight, and that's when she found out about the press conference where he said that it was a hoax. So to, Denise is a tough bitch, by the way. She said no matter what, she's not going to beg for her life when she was like, uh, kidnap. Yeah. She was like, I'm not gonna beg for my life. She's just gonna be grateful for the life that she had. Dang. I was like, Fuck, I can't imagine being in that headspace. Um, so come to find out, remember how I said she didn't tell the detective she was raped? Yeah. She told her lawyer that there were two things the kidnapper told her not to tell them. And that was that he was in the Marines mm-hmm. previously, and that she had been raped. Since he didn't intend to take Denise, they had no blackmail material on her. So that's why they raped her on video. Oh. Yeah. To release it if she didn't cooperate. Please tell me she did a rape kit. Oh, we'll get there. Don't worry. I talk about that. She even told him that she had been molested as a child, hoping to get some kind of empathy from him. No. No. He raped her twice. The first time he said it didn't look believable enough that it was consensual. So the second time she had to act like she was enjoying it. What? Yep. So while she was at her uh, defense attorney's office at 10 p.m., he's trying to get a rape kit done on Denise. And the cops were like, oh, we want to talk to her first. And he was like, okay, but your evidence is going to dissipate and you're going to lose the evidence. They said, oh, just have her sleep in her clothes and tell her to shower, not to shower. That's not how that works. That's that, fucked up, too. You spit. And that's I'm also sorry. not how that fucking works. But that's also fucked up. You can tell her, oh, just don't change your clothes and don't shower. After she's been kidnapped for two and days. raped. Yeah. Stay in the clothes you were raped in. They can fuck right off. Oh, and again, they deny this happened. Oh, fuck's sake. So she goes in and is interrogated for two days. They spoke to her like a suspect, according to her lawyer. I'm not shocked. She had to keep going through her assault over and over again. And they kept saying, are you sure? Because they had an FBI agent in there. And it's a crime to lie to an FBI agent. And she could be charged. Okay. Yep, they kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure? Because it's a crime to lie to an FBI agent. Yeah, she's fucking sure, asshole. And it's almost like it, I don't know, happened to her? Yeah. So then, the kidnapper ends up talking to the media again because he wanted credit. They attached photos of where Denise was kept. It ended up being like a, it looked like a squirt gun that had the red light attached to it on the side. Mm-hmm. They called themselves Ocean's Eleven Gentlemen Criminals. Did they not watch the movies? They just did bank robberies. But this didn't even vindicate Denise. After this, in June of 15, there was a break-in in Dublin, California. The couple reports seeing a red laser light. The husband fought back, though, while the wife called 911. Uh, the intruder ended up fleeing after hitting the husband over the head with a mag light. So for those who don't know, it's like the giant um, flashlights that police carry a lot of the time. They're fucking heavy. You could take it on an elephant with that shit. They're fucking heavy, yeah. The kidnapper left his cell phone behind, though. And it comes back to a woman in California, and she says it's her son's. You're using your mommy's phone yes. to do robberies. Yeah. His name is Matthew Muller, and he was in the military. But wait, but wait. Here's the thing. He- <laughs> He was just staging this. Yeah, he's also part of the Aaron. <laughs> uh, he actually graduated from Harvard Law School. And he started doing this. Yeah, but he ended up separating from his wife, and it seems like that's where the downfall started. Yeah, and it seems like he has, like, a lot of mental illness and, like, stuff like that. Uh, 
So a detective that I would like to give praise to, though, is Misty Caruso. She had heard about Denise and saw the statements from Vallejo about it being a hoax. She was one day away from being a detective when she was invited by the PD to serve a search warrant to Matthew Muller. Misty got a creepy feeling and saw a lot of ski masks, stun guns, laptops, cell phones. They found one stuffed between the mattress and the bed. He was driving a stolen car that had a bag with zip ties, duct tape, a blow-up doll, which was weird, a laser pointer, ski goggles that were blacked out, and one had a blonde hair strand attached. Denise was blonde. I just want to say, of course, it was a woman that finally fucking believed Denise. Yep. Of course it was a woman. It always has to be. In the attack in Dublin, the victims didn't have blonde hair. So Misty had enough evidence to complete her case from Dublin, and she could have stopped there. But she chose to proceed because she knew in her gut that it wasn't the first time he had done this. Hell yeah, Misty. She just had to figure out where it happened. She googled Denise's case and saw the lieutenant say that it's a hoax, and she thought it was beyond crazy, but she called them. Couldn't get a call back, but when she finally gets through, they say that she has to talk to the FBI. So she calls them and says, hey, I have a suspect that may be of interest for you for the case you called a hoax. And of course, they're like, it wasn't us that called it a hoax. It was the Vallejo PD. Uh, One Vallejo cop and two FBI agents came to look at the evidence. So three months later, they want to talk to Denise again. Turns out they found Aaron's laptop at Matthew's house. What? That's crazy. They also found the address where she was dropped off and his GPS. Here's the thing: if they just did their fucking job, this man is an idiot. They could have been oh, like it could have been, it could over have been done months ago. So they caught Matt, and he was charged for kidnapping. But Denise and Aaron said uh, there were multiple people that night, so there's potentially people getting away with it. Um, when the ins- oh, when the indictment is unsealed, Lieutenant Kenny is never seen again. They have Captain Whitney talk to the media. He says they stand by what they said about it being a hoax, but they're continuing to investigate. Excuse me? They'll evaluate when it's complete if they need to give an apology. So Denise and Aaron uh, ended up suing them. Good. And they sent them an apology in private. Of course, never never in public. No, because they're private online. Um, but they ended up winning $2.5 million in the lawsuit. Good. And Denise and Aaron are married now. Trauma bonds, you know? Like, that's what I think it is. Trauma bonds. Because they say, like, no one else would ever understand. Oh, I fucking mustard. Why is it so hard for people to just, I don't know, believe people? Right? Like, it is your job to investigate. Let's say you do think it is a hoax. With every step you take to investigate, it is just going to prove your case further yep. that it is a hoax. And if it doesn't, and it's not a hoax, then you could be saving a woman. Yep. That's a win-win. You think they fucking care? Let me, I... Maybe I'm speaking, you know, out of line here, but I feel like you don't have much better to fucking do than investigate a kidnapping case. Nope. No, it's a hoax. Make sure. Like, I'm pretty sure that's worth the paperwork. I don't think you have anything fucking better to do besides look at your goddamn stapler. Nope. I was like, you'd be fucking kidding me. Like, if you saw the interrogation with uh, Colonel Mustard there and Aaron, you would have fucking lost it. You should watch that, that, like, episode of 2020 because it was pretty good. I why 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 is it that every case we talk about you just end it there why just why why is it every case we talk about either the family's fucked up or the police are incompetent or both or both like oh my fucking god these fucking idiots yeah it was a lot it goes back to like if we don't do our jobs we get in fucking trouble did they get in trouble for not doing the fucking job no no that gets me mad that gets me so fucking mad. Because, like, this all could have been ended so much sooner. And think about what if they started investigating that day? Could they have found Denise before any of this, like, happened? Exactly. Pew, 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 pew. I would never trust police again. No, Who after that, are you kidding me? Like, I'm happy they won the lawsuit, though. But that's such bullshit. And they never come out with a public apology. Like, eat shit. I would literally talk shit about them all the time. I would go online every fucking day. Just bombard their Facebook every fucking day. Tag and drag. <laughs> um, well wishes to Denise and Aaron. Yep. Good um, fuck mustard. Yep. And fuck Kenny. Kenny. 
It's always Kenny. I'm sorry if your name is Kenny, but fucking Kenny. <laughs> Kenny, I'm sure you're a very nice we'll person. Always remember he was this tall. Oh my hey, god. Remember his name is Kenny? Yeah. They killed Kenny. They killed Kenny. Cruple. They're a cruple. <laughs> oh, if you need like guidance on like how to do makeup and stuff, a good one is Alexandra Anel. I love this. You should. You fucking bitch. Thanks you selfish a bitch. Lot. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, what's the next question? Okay. Do you like multifunctional products like lip and cheek stains? I'm not a huge fan of those. If you're in a pinch, I get it. If you don't have like money for a lot of makeup products, I get it. But I feel like when you have a product like that, it's not doing one or both as well as it could yeah, be. Yeah, I agree with that. I didn't realize you started a new section. <laughs> I mean, I said it. Are you clumsy in putting on makeup? Yes. Yes. It does not look perfect. I'll tell you that right now. Also, you have like oven mitts to contend with. Thanks. I appreciate that. You <laughs> fucking bitch. You pulled so many things. <laughs> like, I already have the cans. I can't fit my fingers into my like inner corner. I just like. Oh, yeah, I agree. I just gotta shove that shit in there. Yeah, I have big fucking hands. Thanks a lot, Julia. It's not my fault. I didn't make you. <laughs> I close the opening up. And things go everywhere. And then you gotta add so, it to yeah. that cat. The amount of times I get powder on my shirt. <laughs> you have cat hair on your shirt. Well, yeah, I got fucking cats. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? I am still pissed my wet and wild sprayers broke. Clumsy putting on makeup. My fucking mascara. I always get it on my fucking eyelid. Yup. Every fucking time. My worst thing is trying to get things back into like their tubes. Oh yeah. Are you ever doing your eyebrows and you accidentally just Yup. And I'm like, fuck, now I gotta eat little concealer. Uh do you use makeup base primer for the eyes? No. Yes. I'm fucking lazy. Yes. Uh, yes, I do. But I use primer when I use like concealer, just because I want it to last a little longer. So I use my Tasha primer, or I have a milk primer that's good too. Yes, I use it's a ColourPop one, and then Elf Putty Primer, or whatever, mm. which is just the knockoff of the one you use. <laughs> yeah. How many hair products do you use on a typical day? I have a lot of hair products. You and me could not be different. Zero. Like, I might brush my hair. <laughs> yeah, on a good day, you'll brush your hair. No, I have a whole fucking thing. When I wash my hair, obviously, I shampoo. I have one of those, like, scalp scrubby things. Uh, and then I condition. Like, probably twice a week, I use a hair mask. I'm using the Mark Anthony one right now. It's really good. It makes my hair really soft. And then I get like out the of the actor? shower. Yes. Well, the singer. Singer. Mark Anthony, yeah. Everybody's been in a movie, so like that counts, actor. Yeah, that's sure that works. Uh, so I get out of the shower. I use the Olaplex leave-in conditioner because I use heat products. And then also my new thing is I have a, I think it's called Way, O-U-I? Whatever, that, that oui. brand. Uh, they have a hair oil that I use to help with like my flyaways a little bit. And then I brush it out, you know, I have a tangle teaser, and then I have a multitude of hair tools. Shampoo, conditioner, brush it, maybe. <laughs> and if I'm feeling real gross, dry shampoo that you left in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, I didn't even buy it. You know, my mom was like, you have dry shampoo in? You look fucking white as hell. Dad did me dirty. I was like, Dad, can you tell? And he's like, no. Yeah, well, I know I tell you. I was like sitting there looking across the table and I was like, it's just slightly lighter than the rest of your hair. <laughs> he did me dirty. I trusted my father. And you shouldn't have. Let's just be honest. Okay. What do you apply first, concealer or foundation? I mean, if I'm wearing foundation, concealer. I mean, foundation. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Do you even know? <laughs> no, I, I do foundation first. Me too. And then I put concealer. And then I powder. Powder the shit out of my face. Hello? It's no one. Oscar's oh. asleep. Uh, do you ever consider taking makeup classes? No. No. We got YouTube. YouTube's for. <laughs> what do you love about makeup? 
That it makes me look less ugly. Yes, that is exactly. I was gonna say that it makes me look prettier. <laughs> it's like putting lipstick on a pig, but still. Because like, the thing is that, like, I am an artistic. Yes, artistic. I'm an artistic person generally, yeah. so like, I get that outlet in many ways. I don't yeah. really need that for makeup. I just think it's kind of like relaxing to a certain extent. Yeah. Sometimes Dude. it's fun to like try different eye makeup looks when I'm feeling like you know spunky. The most fun part is unboxing new stuff. Yeah, you heard it here first. I have a problem. <laughs> I, we should just here's what we need to do. We should just wrap up each other's stuff again, like in the package. I hate so you. So we can go through that experience again. Oh while putting my them. god, that's all I'm gonna need for Christmas. I'm gonna wrap up all your shit. <laughs> and I'm be so happy. Oh my god, you're like wow, I love this stuff. You knew just the right shade and everything. Oh my god. So, yeah. Is that it? Yeah, that's 30 questions. Dang, that went by fast. That was fun. Yeah. I'm going to do something like that again. Find me more questions. So, we have a new idea that we're going to start doing. Oh, yes. Go for it. So, once a month, do you think? Mm -hmm. Once a month, we're going to have an episode where me and Lizzie try to find the craziest cases and go head-to-head to try to find the craziest one. And whoever wins that episode with the craziest case gets a point. At the end of the year, a surprise for the winner. Boom, boom, boom. And it's a surprise for the winner because we don't know what it is yet. Boom, boom, boom. Bam. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so if you like the episode, leave us a review, please. I almost leave us a like. What is this, YouTube? And smash that subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button. (laughs) You can follow us on Instagram at beautifulwiththepod. Will we podcast. ever find out? Never. Uh, I refuse to check. Deadly underscore pod. Uh, email us at beautiful but deadly at podcast. Nope. Nope. Beautiful but deadly podcast at gmail.com. Jesus Christ. Email us at podcast.com. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we started our own email service. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, thanks. Happy and love bye. You love you. <laughs> To the one person we know watching this. Love you. Love you. Love you, sweetie. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.